Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. The Asia Pacific is trending lower this morning. Shares lower ahead of a monetary policy decision by the Bank of Japan. The Nikkei is down more than 1%. Sentiment there also being affected by declining retail sales. They dropped more than half a percent in September. Elsewhere, Sydney is down 0.2% and shares in Seoul are treading water. Joining me now as we break down all the market action, including the latest corporate results. Good morning, Ryan Huang. Morning, Michelle. Let's start this morning with the world of REITs, those real estate investment trusts that account for a very large part of the Singapore market and which were particularly popular pre-pandemic for those high yields and distribution payments. REITs have lost some of their shine over the past year and a half, particularly those focused on the retail and office spaces. This morning, though, we have some fresh data about companies in the sector. Several have opened their books to disclose results. And among those reporting, Fraser Centerpoint Trust, Maple Tree Commercial Trust, Keppel Pacific Oak, U.S. REIT and Ascendus India. We're going to take a look at some of the numbers in a moment. Ryan, give us an overview. How are REITs performing and does it look like they're recovering to pre-pandemic levels? Okay, the overview is good in the sense that you are looking at DPU going up. For example, Ascendus India Trust is posting an 8% increase in net property income. And if you look at what hap- uh, what's happening with Capital Pacific Oak US REIT, distributable income for its third quarter is up 8.4%. And if you look at Capital Infrastructure Trust, it reported a 1.1% uh, decrease in free cash flow though. So a bit mixed, but broadly positive on a whole. You do have a couple of um, headwinds to look out for. And this comes through from the narrative um, with Maple Tree Industrial Trust, where it's saying it's seeing continued pressure on its top line because of a change in usage patterns where tenants are now requiring less space. So you are looking at some tenants thinking about scaling back because of work from home or because of business pressures, not requiring or being able to uh, de- command so much space. And also inflation is concerned as well because of rising power costs. So that is going to eat into their bottom lines as well. So you got a couple of things mm. uh, improving, but they are still not out of the woods yet for REITs. Fraser Centerpoint Trust owns and operates nine shopping centres across Singapore, including Century Square, Causeway Point, Changi City Point, my old haunts. Over one quarter of the leases in these retail malls are coming up for renewal in the next financial year. So how is FCT approaching this? The, you know, renewals. Yeah, so if you look at the latest renewals or what they call rental reversions, it actually fell to a negative 0.6% reading for the full year ended September. So you are looking at a couple of issues here, uh, possibly linked to what we talked about. There's uh, tenants thinking about taking a step back in terms of continuing or not requiring that much space. Um, and of course, a lot of um, victims of COVID-19 going out of operations. So all that playing into a negative reversion. And this is something they are trying to address in the form of what's called an omni-channel retailing strategy. So they think this is a way to help existing tenants improve their sales as well as they are looking at a resilient demand for retail spaces within the well-located and dominant suburban retail malls as the economy reopens. So they are looking at a recovery picture helping the suburban malls uh, and, of course, lifting themselves, FCT, as a result. 
FCT shares are up about 4.5% over the past month. The distributions per unit that FCT pays out to unit holders up nearly 40% from a year ago. Now, if we zoom out from our helicopter view for a moment and we take a look at acquisitions that companies in this sector are making, what stands out? I mean, why? where are SREITs investing? Yeah, if you look at the recent headlines around REITs, it's all about office and industrial properties. A lot of them buying up all these um, assets, especially when it comes to the next uh, economic picture where you have data really at the forefront. So data centers as well, uh, a big focus. So high quality assets around these areas. And if you look at the numbers, $8.9 billion worth of property investments in just this uh, year alone for the first three quarters. That is already close to what we saw in 2020, $9.4 billion. So you are looking at this year potentially just offsetting or outgrowing 2020. So you are looking at quite a bit of an appetite coming back for acquisitions uh, for, for REITs. What is your take on these? I mean, do you think that these investments make REITs more attractive? I think there are a couple of um, factors here. So you have, of course, COVID-19 an issue helping to actually depress some of these price valuations in some places and making them an attractive price target for them to pick up. So you have that. Also, um, Singapore REITs are looking to just grow and you can't grow as much in Singapore as you can overseas. So that is part of the um, growth strategies for many REITs looking overseas for expansion. And you are looking at a couple of um, familiar places in the region as well as China as the usual targets. So that seems to be uh, what's playing out as well as the interest rates still being relatively low, helping them to just um, feel the uh, liquidity or cash flow when it comes to buying up all these uh, properties. So seems like a perfect storm in 2021 for acquisitions. I want to turn to corporate earnings in the US where the focus is moving from tech companies to big manufacturers and retailers. There are a whole host of firms reporting. I want to start with the car makers, Ford and General Motors, because both have opened their books. And one of the big questions that investors have on their minds is this. How are their businesses being affected by supply chain shortages? After all, there are lots of reports about chip shortages. What have we found out, Ryan? Yeah, it's interesting how uh, Ford Motor had a very good quarter and they took advantage of the growing and very strong appetite for trucks and SUVs. So you've got the US consumer bouncing back and spending on vehicles. So they are enjoying that bounce back. But they are warning that there's going to be cost pressures coming through when you look at the disruptions caused by global semiconductor supply chain and also price hikes or spikes even for some of these commodities that go into the cars. So they are warning that price pressures are there. So that could mean higher prices down the road for some of these cars. Some good news for Ford shareholders. The company will start paying regular dividends again from the next quarter. And this comes more than a year and a half after the company suspended payments. Another major area of focus for automakers is the shift to EVs, electric vehicles. Everyone's working on it. But the newcomer on the block, Tesla, attracts the most attention, of course, and most investor dollars by far. GM CEO Mary Barra, though, is throwing down the gauntlet at Tesla. What does she have to say, Ryan? Yeah, if you believe her, she's going to say that 
GM will catch up with Tesla by 2025. And she used the word absolutely. So you can be sure that she will be kept to her word. At least people are going to watch if they can um, achieve that by 2025. Mm. So this is around how they believe, or at least GM believes, there's going to be an influx of new products helping GM. There's going to be a soon-to-be-released Hummer pickup. Uh, Cadillac as well. So you've got new products that they think will excite the consumer enough for them to just get more momentum to beat Tesla. And it's quite a lofty and bold target when you think where Tesla is right now. Yeah. So quite a bold ambition, I would say. Quite a lot of catch-up to do. From automobiles, I want to turn to aeroplanes and Boeing. There have been reports recently of rising orders and deliveries. That's good news. But the plane maker has also been struggling to fix problems with its 787 Dreamliner, as well as with a space capsule designed to ferry astronauts to the International Space Station. So what's the verdict here? How is Boeing doing? Flying high or what wins out for the company, good or bad? Yeah, it's a mix. So we've got... The losses first, and mm. it was wider than expected. They lost $132 million. And if you look at what's happening in terms of an outlook, they are saying hey, aircraft sales are going to recover because of COVID-19 vaccination rates going up, the easing of global travel restrictions. Um, that will help the company sell more planes. But at the same time, there's going to be a bit of uncertainty around some of their um, internal issues. So this is around how they have been facing production flaws when it comes to making planes. For example, um, 787s have been struggling in the production floor because they have not been able to get good quality titanium parts. So that is holding back production. Um, and it is also facing a bit of a crunch when it comes to cash flow. So mm. they have had to scale back on production of the 787 because of a big hit in the third quarter where they had to absorb $1 billion in what's called abnormal costs on the plane. So a bit of a victim of rising costs um, in many places. And that is also, if you take into account the um, 185 million charge it had to take in the third quarter for its troubled Starliner space capsule. So this was when the unmanned test flight in 2019 failed to achieve the correct orbit and you had a second flight scrubbed in August because of problems with its valves and in the propulsion system. So you've got a space program not taking off very well. You've got a bit of a struggle on the production floor for its planes. A bit of an uncertain outlook overall when it comes to where Boeing is going. Mm. All right, it's now 60 minutes past nine and it is at this time of the morning when I usually turn to Ryan and go, are you hungry? Do you want some Max, Ryan? I'm always hungry. <laughs> what have you got on the table? <laughs> I have some Max because the next company on our corporate watch list is McDonald's. So here are two patties and some cheese for you. How is McDonald's doing? Okay, it's going to cost you more because that's what <laughs> McDonald's is, ra- is doing. It's raising prices. And it did well, partly because of those race prices of those Big Macs and McNuggets. Mm. Uh, of course, in the backdrop of rising costs around ingredients, in, around labour, it had to raise costs. Mm. And menu prices are higher by roughly 6% versus last year because of those price hikes. And it is looking at how much consumers can absorb those higher costs. So it might even raise prices further down the road. So... 
it seems to be confident enough that U.S. consumers are ready to absorb these price hikes. And that is something to watch out for in the coming quarters. But in the latest quarter, it beat expectations with earnings per share of two seventy six versus two dollars and forty six, revenue was at mm. six point two billion versus six point zero four billion. So sales of McDonald's doing well, and you can only imagine what's going to happen in the coming quarters as more people head out to McDonald's and just buy more of everything they love. Mm-mm. We'll see if they continue to do that, how inelastic demand is, right, with price hikes. Let's check in with some more corporate news in a moment. Uh, but first, we turn to the world of cryptocurrencies. There's been a lot of buzz, Ryan, about the new crypto ETF that launched recently in the US. But today, another exchange-traded fund debuts in this space, and it is in Australia. Ticker symbol is Digger, D-I-G-A. And maybe it gives us a clue as to the ETF's focus. Tell us more. Yeah, this really comes on the back of the recent process ETF linked to Bitcoin futures. So now you have another proxy to play the market for crypto. And this is, like you pointed out, DIGA. And this is going to include, this ETF will include firms like Marathon Digital Holdings, Riot Blockchain, Hive Blockchain, and Hut 8 Mining Corporation. So like you can kind of allude or interpret from the names, it has to do with crypto mining in many cases. And this apparently is being built as the closest thing to a correlation to Bitcoin in a regulated exchange. So you have to remember there are no ETFs yet based on actual Bitcoin yeah. Bitcoin prices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so apparently this product it lists, has listed with a focus on being the picks and shovels of the digital currency market run by Cosmos Asset Management. Bitcoin now trading around 58,500 US dollars a token. That is down about 12% from its recent ETF-driven highs. One token, though, that has completely taken off recently, many would say to the moon, is Shiba Inu. Ryan, what is fueling its rise? Yeah, it's a roller coaster ride to the moon. It's been up and down the past week, and now it's back up again, hitting an all time high of 0.006 cents. So, this has many zeros, but despite all the zeros and the decimal points, it is now the number 11 cryptocurrency, top cryptocurrency in the market, just behind the other one that has a Dogecoin. So, if it keeps up this trajectory, it's mm-hmm. going to soon overtake Dogecoin. In fact, it's been dubbed the Dogecoin killer by some of its supporters. So <laughs> I can't really say why it's going up, except that it has many fans. It's a dogfight in the crypto world right now. Time now for a Thursday morning game of Up or Down. Are you ready? Let's go. Let's start with the e-commerce platform Rent the Runway. All right. Rent the Runway is a down for me. Mm. Even though it had a strong start on its day one debut in the markets, uh, that strong start vanished and it eventually closed lower by 8%. And this, of course, is a rental company that gives you, like you would imagine, dresses or whatever you might want to wear. So a bit of a Uber for dresses. Yeah, too bad. Rent the Runway started trading under the ticker symbol R-E-N-T, Rent, listed in the US overnight. Its share price initially surged but then turned south. It's a down for me as well. Rent the Runway shares finishing underwater below their listing price. Next, Heidi Lau. 
Okay, Heidi Laudi, hot pot chain is going to be a down for me. <laughs> That's because of what's happening in China. A bit of a concern, jitters around what's happening with COVID-19 um, because in Beijing, it has just seen its highest levels of cases in eight months. So this is around how you might remember in recent headlines, this old couple just going around China, uh, visiting the northern provinces to take in the sites. But they had COVID-19, so they were spreading it around um, everywhere. Eventually, um, you've got what's happening in Beijing right now, a spike in cases, and that is threatening the, the outlook. And you've got Heidi Lau bracing the prospects of tighter restrictions. That means no one really eating hot pot, and its share price was down uh, by quite a bit. So Heidi Lau's stock price on Wednesday was down by 7.5%. Wow, the latest COVID-19 outbreak in China erasing 4 billion US dollars from hotpot Heidi Lau's market cap. Heidi Lau shares are down 20% this week. Next, let's look at Merck. Merck's going to be an up for me because mm. they have signed a pact to broaden manufacturing of their COVID-19 pill. Yep. I'm going with up as well because of that deal. Merck will share the formula for its COVID-19 pill with low-income countries as well. Next, let's look at eBay. Okay, eBay is going to be a down for me and its share price um, seems to be on a drift lower after disappointing on its forecast for holiday sales. So it looks like shoppers are abandoning the online marketplace as they go back to what they did before, pre-pandemic spending habits going back to the stores for real, physically. Yeah, it looks like online shoppers are shifting away from the online marketplace, eBay at least. eBay shares down more than 5% in after-hours trade. Starbucks, have some coffee, right? Starbucks is going to be an up for me because they are paying their workers more. They are hiking wages for their baristas in 2022 by at least twice to eventually bring the pay floor to $15 an hour. So it's quite reflective of what many restaurants are doing to attract more talent to join them. The tight labour market is making it hard for them to get workers and they have had to raise wages. Yeah, I'll say it's an up for a Starbucks as well. Exactly that, having trouble hiring staff and so it's raising wages, promising to pay its US workers at least at least 15 US dollars an hour. Let's turn to Singapore now. We are 24 minutes into the local trading day. The Straits Times Index gained a bit less than half a percent yesterday, close about 32.18. How's the SCI trading this morning? Yeah, the SCI actually did well yesterday, bucking the trend to have some green on the screen. And it's extending those gains right now up 0.2%, 3,223. And you have to bear in mind that we just hit a bit of a milestone um, or a record-breaking COVID-19 case number breaking above 5,000 for the first time in yesterday's numbers. So that doesn't seem to be weighing on markets so far now. Um, looking at what's happening on the screen, um, you've got a bit of a mixed look, red versus green. At the top, you've got Hong Kong land is up by 1.3%. Capital land investment is up by 1.2%. Let's take a look at what's at the bottom. Capital DC REIT is down 1.2%. Jardine Sucker and Carriage is down 0.8%. And of course, a couple of um, REITs worth watching. Ascenders India Trust reported an 8% increase in net property income. 
So that is one to watch. And of course, the other REITs that have been reporting, Capital Infrastructure Trust is up by 1% for its unit price after reporting its numbers where it had a 6.3% increase in operational cash flow. And looking across to some power group, that is down 2.8%. A bit of spooked, spooked investors here. Um, after it said it's going to expect a negative impact by downstream customers in China who have temporarily reduced their steam consumption. So a bit of a negative um, warning coming through for Sun Power Group, which is down 2.8%. All right. Thank you very much. Keep our eye out on H-Pacific shares trending lower this morning. And speaking of lower, coming up, we're going to find out more about Robinhood shares down 10.44%. Last close, $35.44. So about 10% below its uh, IPO price. Investors worrying about the outlook for Robinhood. Should they? We're going to find out at 10.05. Before acting on the information on Money FM. Please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.